Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leadership Podcast with Pete Scazzaro. Pete is also the best-selling author of The Emotionally Healthy Church, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and The Daily Office Devotional. Thanks for tuning in to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. My name is Rich Velotis. I'm the lead pastor at New Life Fellowship Church here in Queens, New York City. I'm with Pete Scazzaro. Pete is the founder and teaching pastor and pastor at large at New Life Fellowship in Queens. And we're also with Jerry again, Jerry Scazzaro. She's been uh, a leader, a pastor here at New Life, uh, serving in our marriage ministry, leading our marriage ministry for 17 years, equipper of leaders, teacher, trainer. She's also the author of The Emotionally Healthy Woman. So today is really part two of what we began last time, where we talked about EHS powers and principalities. And last time we talked... We talked about the Sabbath and how the Sabbath is a, a, a countercultural. Uh, there's, a, there's a clash that happens when people keep Sabbath with the principalities and powers in our day. Today, we're going to talk about the genogram, uh, a tool that we've used at New Life for many years that has really uh, seen pro- a profound uh, impact, really, in our church community. So, uh, before we get into the genogram itself, let's talk again about principalities and powers. Uh, Jerry, you know, when we think about Ephesians six. And the Apostle Paul writing about, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against powers, principalities. There are things in an unseen world that we're waging a war against. Why don't you just talk to us about really what, the, the dangers, the, the, what's coming against us with these principalities and powers? Uh, when I think about powers and principalities, I think about... Uh, I guess spiritual forces that want to keep me from seeing mm. truth. Uh, so I think their goal is to twist or um, blind me or pride me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anything that can keep me from the truth because um, God is truth. And that is nowhere truer than in the genogram. Mm. So this genogram, uh, it's a tool for, for some people it might be familiar, especially if you've been around the, the emotional, healthy, spirituality world. But for those that are hearing for the first time, what is the genogram? Uh, how did it emerge in our discipleship paradigm? And so uh, could you just give some language to that before we talk about the specifics of it? Yeah, a genogram is uh, uh, actually a tool that we... Uh, that comes out of family systems thinking developed by a guy named Murray Bone in the 1950s and, and 60s. And it has been really used uh, almost exclusively in offices of, for example, therapists uh, or in you know, masters or PhD programs. Uh, what we did over many years is we kind of took it and developed it and broke it down to make it usable in the church. We call it Genogram Your Family. And in a controlled way to help people begin to look at how their family of origin, going back three to four generations, impacts who they are, their leadership, and their following of Jesus. Mm. And so when we do a pastor's or leader's conference, as well as here at New Life with our own leaders, the first thing we want to do is do a genogram with them uh, and have them have an experience of looking at how their families impacted who they are. And it's such, it's, and again, the reason... This is our topic here. Is, is I, I, I've been like in awe of saying some power and principality gets broken in the air in people's lives when we do a genogram with them. Mm. And even people are now doing it through the DVD at Emotional Skills 2.0. Me, uh, Mirna, my executive assistant, was telling about how she's doing it right now in Spanish and how powerful it is. And I'm just like, what is it? 
that so frees people and changes them. And now, if they follow through, gets them on a journey. If they don't, you know, they close it up. Then, then, it, then, they kind of like seven more demons come back and fill the house. Mm-hmm. It's the end of that. They go back to where they were before. So, Jerry, let me ask you that. Like, what, what is it, as Pete just mentioned, about the genogram that clashes with the principalities and powers of our day? Well, for me, I remember the very first time I did my genogram. And what, I mean, here I was, 17 years a Christian and a leader in Christ's church. But when someone began to help me diagram my family and three generations of it, and I began to actually say how, you know, I use words to describe members of my family, um, and you're writing things down, um, you're using words to describe the marriages in your family, and, and in every generation, you, you begin to. I began to see patterns, and actually, also the fact that you're saying these things out loud, you know, they've kind of sat in you, sort of in your unconscious, but now you're taking them out of yourself, and you're putting them on paper, or you're speaking them out loud, and now you're visually mm-hmm. and audibly seeing things that you just that they kind of were in you in some kind of a jumble. But when you get them outside of yourself and see them on paper or begin to talk about it with someone else and you see the patterns, there's no escaping the, the lights that come on, mm. the truth that is revealed that's been actually, you know, it's been there. It's mm. been inside of me and it's been affecting my behavior tremendously, but I could never connect the dots. Mm. And so it just gives you an opportunity to become aware of things that have been living inside of you that you've not been able to make sense of, but now they're, you're able to begin to make sense of them. Someone else is helping you make sense of them, and then and, and then you see how they're impacting your behavior and why I haven't been a loving person the way I wanted to be a loving person. And uh, so it's just this, it's an incredible, it can be painful, but it's incredibly freeing mm-hmm. because I'm not stuck. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah. And then I see how superficial I'm living. But the genogram actually is a step towards get, helping us get to our hearts, mm. which is a lot of our unconscious. I'll get to our hearts in a way that oh, the light comes on and now Christ can begin to transform mm. that. So it's very liberating mm. and freeing. So you started by saying, I love the definition of, I'm going to steal it, Jerry, of you know, principalities and powers, just spiritual forces that want to keep us from seeing the truth. So the genogram seeks to expose the lies. Is that right, Jerry? Uh, what, what is it about the genogram that clashes with that definition you gave us with principalities and powers? The, the genogram, yeah, it, it forces you, it, it forces you sort of into the truth mm. and into truths that you might not want to have looked at. So yes, I guess it forces you into looking at um, distortions and lies and myths. Families are full of myths. Families are full of faulty thinking. And this, it helps you to step back objectively and look at the distortions and look at the faulty thinking. I mean, it's not all evil, but it, it, it is distortions, mm-hmm. but they, they're all subtle ways. I don't think the powers and principalities are going to go for the exaggerated you know, uh, contrasts of, of mm-hmm. whatever, of, of, you know, of deceiving us. They're going, they're going in subtle ways. Yes. 
And but this brings out the the subtle ways, the faulty thinking, and the distortions that we've been. I'll give you one example for for. And I just had a conversation with a pastor in Brazil about this, and and I thought of myself. So again, and a family of origin, which I looked at it, even as a pastor, and all my training was grow this church as big as possible, mm-hmm. and that is the goal. That's success. The bigger the church, budgets, building, until you end up comparing yourself to other churches and mega churches, and you feel bad about yourself. And again, I remember looking at my gender. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, that's that's. So that's my family of origin. You're a loser unless you prove yourself. But then I realized I was a part of a church culture that had also a commandment that success is having a big church and being like one of the mega church pastors. And I'll never forget when I realized, okay, the, 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 I looked at this genogram. Okay, so where it came from, my family of origin. And I realized, okay, success in the family of Jesus is becoming the person God called me to become and to do what God called me to do. And that was such a light for me as a pastor. I realized, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I'm living in my family of origin. And then, of course, church family, unhealthy commandments, unbiblical commandments. And once I saw that success is becoming who God called me to become and do what God called me to do, I no longer had this drive and this, this insatiable drive of, that I had to get numbers in the church. Mm. Something broke for me, and I felt it was such a freeing thing that, no, success is i got to be who God made me to be. And at that point, I started to lead you in life very differently mm. out of who God uniquely made me. Not, and, and that's faithfulness to me mm-hmm. and not trying to be somebody else with the value. I think I got more bold about our values mm-hmm. and saying, even though it seems weird and people might leave, yeah. I'm not going to be afraid anymore because that's not what God asked me to do. God's asked us to craft something here at New Life that is different because I am the lead pastor. I can't get around the fact that at, that, at the time I was the lead pastor and, uh, and, and shaping the culture that uh, that was my role within mm-hmm. our mission statement and not to be ashamed or embarrassed or feel bad about it. Well, and the other thing, the other thing I think about powers and principalities is they don't want us to live in reality. Mm. Uh, because if anything, spirituality is reality. And genogram brings you into reality mm. in a way that you haven't been before. Mm. So you, you begin to, you think you believe the gospel, you think you're living the gospel, but when then you look at your genogram, you go, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm no, I'm, do, I'm doing what my family did. And um, so it's a, again, it's a wonderful tool to help, uh, yeah, help us live in truth and reality because most of our people are coming to church every week mm-hmm. and they're hearing the gospel, mm-hmm. but they're still living like their families. Yeah. Genogram is a big tool to um, break that disconnect. So let's talk a little bit more in detail and some specifics about the tool. You can read more about the tool by reading Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, um, the chapter on the genograms. For those folks that have not, maybe they're thinking about reading the book, but they're listening to this podcast and they're wondering, wow, first of all, this seems like a lot of work. (laughs) They're probably thinking that. It is a lot of work. But what's a good next step or two? You have the book, obviously, but... Uh, what needs to happen in someone's life for them to make this decision to explore the genogram? What can they just start doing very practically? I'm going to say the one thing, Jerry, which is the skill. And maybe you can. What's What's I'm curious. What else we can do besides that? So we we do have a uh, in the emotionally healthy skills 2.0. It's a curriculum that uh, we developed with skills. One of the skills is genogram your family, and actually leads you through actually doing it. There's a workbook that goes with it. Right now, we've not given that to Zondervan or HarperCollins. The only place to get that is out of, out of from emotionallyhealthy.org. You can download, actually, just the genogram, your family skill. 
um, and do it. It's actually in our, in our um, uh, what do you call it, the, um, the app as well, the Emotional okay. Spirituality app. But I, I, would, I would get that because I think you need someone to lead you through it. Uh, it's very important. nice thing about it, it's reproducible. You can use it with other people. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a, a sample sheet you can diagram and all that. So that's one. I think they can, they can write you, they can do the genogram your family through that skill. How else would you, rec- I think this question is very good because besides the skill we've developed, how else would you say that people can begin to genogram their family? And the books talk about it and everything. Any thoughts on that? I, I think they need to ask themselves the question uh, and be aware of the fact that their family may have done things one way but they, they are now in the family of Jesus. Mm-hmm. How do we do things in the family of Jesus? And we call that many times the commandments. So, you know, we, we, all, we all know the Ten Commandments in the Bible. Well, your family has commandments, and you have internalized those commandments, most of them unconsciously. And so, for example, what's your family commandment about money? What's your family commandment about success or about marriage or about conflict or about feelings or about driving you know i mean what did your family do when somebody cut them off on the road (laughs) you saw you witnessed what your mother or father did or whoever the driver was now you're a christian now you're in the family of jesus it may very likely be you still do what your mother and father did and you know you give that person a gesture you give them a dirty look or you're gonna you know drive down the road and find them (laughs) I'm but, feeling very convicted on that, Jerry. Thank you. But, but now you're in the family of yeah. Jesus. How does the family of, now that we're in the family of Jesus, how do we do, how do we respond to people that cut us off on the road? You know, there was a, there's a, there's a, a, a um, I think the key phrase, and you said it, and I want to articulate it again, because actually a seminary, a former seminary professor who's now a pastor at a large church in Canada, uh, heard us speak recently and he'd been following us for many many years he says the theology right now is so clear because i've never heard it so clearly probably over the years it's become tight clear to you and it says this it's we you were in your family of origin and your culture prior and the question the real question is does this belong in the new family of jesus and then leadership Mm -hmm. is all about that boundary of your family and the new family of jesus that is the critical ehs theological Mm -hmm truth which we all believe but it's never been articulated quite that way and so then you have a lens as for your own life right. this is one of the family of jesus i know it's part of me same thing with my church our churches our leadership that we say we don't do dirty fighting we don't yeah. we're not driven here we don't work seven days a week we don't have inappropriate boundary crossing yeah, and we, we don't want, use power inappropriately we want to bring the positive legacies mm. from our families you know i mean yes. that, that we want to bring into the family of jesus but there's a lot of things from our family of origins origin do not belong in the family of Jesus. And so, you know, that's just one of the ways we can apply the genogram is to be asking ourselves, hmm, well, how did my family do uh, forgiveness hmm. or holding grudges and resentments? But what and how do we do it in the family of Jesus? So we all have pretty sharp learning curves, yeah. okay, yes. to grow in what it really means to be a member in, fam- in, in Jesus' family that loves well. Well, as we close here... Uh, Every year, we have our Emotionally Healthy Leadership Conference here in Queens, and we host 300 or so pastors and leaders from around the world. And part of our conference is having a genogram. As we close this session here, Pete, 
Uh, just talk through us about that. What's that like? What has that been like for folks who are coming and folks who might want to come in, in next few years or so? Why do you use the genogram? Uh, what have you seen at our conference? And, um, uh, and you can download all that information, again, as Pete mentioned, on emotionallyhealthy.org. But Pete, what, at the conference, why is the genogram used and uh, what have you seen? Again, as Jerry said, everything Jerry said, we, we do it at the conference. We do it at every pastor's conference. We do it. And in fact, I was telling some consultants and trainers, if you have a three-hour, if you have a two-hour block with a leadership team, do a genogram. Mm. There's nothing like it that will enable people to, in a sense, taste a breakthrough the heavens and see a bit of heaven. Um, and, we, and we do it at the conference as a major component because we want people to have an experience. And again, if you do it once, it's not like you ever finish the genogram. Mm. It's a bottomless mm. It's, it's, again, it's a paradigm. So even today, as we were walking, I've been doing a lot of reading and studying about power. How, do you, how power, as pastors and leaders, we have a lot of power. But how we wield that power is informed by our family of origin. Mm. And I was reflecting on how, I, how, I've, how I've done some power poorly for many years. I've only recently, in the last you know, few years, I think, really gotten a handle on it. But um, I, I felt powerless in my family of origin. Just, I, I, things happened to me. I, I was powerless as a kid. My parents had a lot of gaps in the way they used their authority and power. So as I got into power, I never, I never thought I had any. Mm. I felt always felt powerless, even though I was senior pastor of the church for many years mm. before you took the job. But <laughs> now you've got it. But the question I realize now is, if I had been aware of had my family of origin to power, which is very poorly, and then how it impacted me, which meant I felt powerless. I would have been, but now I'm in a new family of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes, we handle power with as servants, but we're aware. We're self-aware. We understand boundaries in a very healthy way. So I, I, I didn't realize how I sometimes hurt people or unwielded it in a way that wasn't appropriate. Um, but I, I was living out of my old family, mm. and it was today as we were walking. I was telling Jerry about. It. I said, "Wow!" And I think of, so. Really, pastors got to look at how their family do power how their family do authority, how they respond to authority and power, because that's going to really impact the way they use it mm. in a new family of Jesus. But that's another level of application. So it's, it's so powerful because as you go through life and leadership, it never ends. Well, let me just end with this. And Jerry, I'd like you to close us here. Paint me a picture. Paint us a picture. Someone that has done their genogram, someone who's asked the hard questions, looked at the hard truth, and they've experienced, as a result of that, some freedom. Give me a picture of that person's life. What, what, describe that person for me. Well, the first thing is um, the truth will set you free, but first it will make you miserable. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> She's dying the door. So, um, and I, that's, I don't really mean that too lightly, but it, it, it's painful, but it's a good pain uh, as you begin to become aware of, you know, uh, Achilles heels we work with. Or we walk with because of maybe gaps our family had, and because there's all sorts of levels of pain. Uh, but then you're gonna then you're gonna need some skills uh, to know how to you know if you didn't your family didn't know how to do conflict, your family didn't know how to do forgiveness, your family didn't know how to do feelings or marriage. And again, in the family of Jesus, hopefully we're equipping mothers and fathers of the faith to uh, train others with skills. Mm-hmm that can do these things and we can love well. Mm. That's great. Pete, what would you say? Anything else? No, I think she's got it. I think that's great. 
So thank you. Well, for more information, you can go on emotionallyhealthy.org. You can visit Pete's blog, petescazero.com. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.